Hi, and welcome to Moves That Matter. I am your host, Dr. Clyde Posley, Jr., and we have part three tonight of saving our African-American males. Before I get to that, I want to remind you, go out and purchase my book, More Than Icons and Images. It uncovers the hidden protest narrative of the black American athlete in the 21st century. We're excited to, uh, to to promote that book. We've had the privilege of having some book signings uh, out west, uh, in, up up north, uh, down south, throughout central Indiana, in Chicago, and so we it's, it, things are going well. We appreciate that. I'm also working on another couple of projects. One project I'll be working on will have to do with uh, healing emotional pain and hurt for pastors. I'm also working on a book uh, entitled uh, "Thou Art Peter," and so. Uh, just looking forward to some great projects coming up. Uh, speaking of a great uh, project coming up, but this is not an actual project. This is a ministry. I'm going to be starting a Millennials on the Move worship experience the uh, first Sunday in September. And this uh, worship experience is for Millennials. It will have a different preaching format. I will be sitting at a tabletop with a guest and who will be I will have given the sermon beforehand. And we will discuss that sermon. And here's the interesting new part. You will be able to ask questions directly from the audience. And somebody says, well, well what if someone is disruptive? Nobody going to be disruptive. We'll have people there who will give them the mic and express, let them express what they have to say. We'll have conversations with them. And everybody will be able to learn. I will finish the sermon. And uh, we're going to grow because I've discovered that millennials want to be heard, need to be heard, have a lot to say as they hear the word of God. The point is that no one will leave with questions. You won't you won't be like traditionally often we hear a sermon, you leave with more questions than you started with before the sermon. You'll get the opportunity in this instance to ask questions right there on the floor. And we will take questions from Facebook Live. We'll also get this done and there'll be a brunch served. And it's going to be Millennials in Action. Our new Praise Unlimited Ensemble will be conducting our music ministry led by Mr. Jonathan Posley. Uh, and uh, we're going to have a tremendous time. That's going to be the first Sunday in September. It's going to be at 12 o'clock, just one hour, 12 to noon, 12 to noon. No matter what's happening at 1 o'clock, the Holy Spirit is a, is a God of order. He will cause us to end at 1 o'clock and we'll pick up next week. Listen. I have a powerful part three to our uh, series, Saving Our African-American Males. You don't want to miss this. God bless you. I'll see you in just a second. So let's start part three of Saving Our African-American Males. Last week, I began to argue uh, the notion that part of our African, some of our African American males are struggling because they have a problem with what I call submission versus synchronization. What that is, is there are a lot of African American males who, because of painful experiences they've had with other males, older males, that the many of these, uh, many, what they, what they do is they, uh, have trouble submitting to any further leadership because they've been hurt, burned, or wounded by, in their mind by an African-American male. The, the, the citadel of what I was trying to explain was that you can't hold uh, God hostage and punish God for, what, for your interpretation of someone else's behavior from years ago. God is looking to help you synchronize uh, with some mentor. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, and verse 12, to be not slothful, 
and follow those who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. So what God is trying to do to get you to follow or to synchronize, become one with a person who knows the principles to get your soul into a better spot. I said last week that, that God is not just trying to save your soul from going to hell, but God wants to save your soul for it be, so it can be viable in society. I said last week also that the soul is made up of five components, the mind, the will, the emotion, the imagination, and the intellect. Your soul is made up of five components. In your soul is your mind, your will, your ability to choose, your emotions, what you feel, your imagination, how you visualize things, and your intellect, what you actually know, what you actually know. What your spirit does for your soul is give it truth for your mind, truth for your will, truth for your emotions, truth for your imagination, truth for your intellect or what you know. But when your soul takes its truth from society or the news, when your soul, your mind, will, emotion, imagination, intellect takes its truth from your pain. That's why I used to have a minister at my church who was always talking about pain, 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 and and life is about pain. And I'll, listen, you got to learn to stop taking cues from your pain. Because when you take cues from your pain, for example, let me give you an example. Your emotions, which are part of your soul, is your emotions are emotion. It's energy in motion. So your energy in motion is what you are feeling. When you're taking your, your emotional cues from your pain instead of your, your spirit, which is truth, then your pain dictates how you feel all the time. Then whatever your energy will be, will be based on your pain. And if you watch people who always talk about what somebody's done to them, they live their life taking cues from what someone has done to them, their pain. You can't do that. So God wants to not only save your soul from a burning hell, but God wants to also save your soul so that it's viable in society. Because if you don't learn how to function within this world, to uh, to 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 subdue this earth and to learn econ- economics, to learn why your credit score matters. If you don't learn how to function, play the uh, stock exchange, why owning versus renting is so important, why buying a car that you can afford matters, how to choose your friends, when not to get married, uh, who you should marry, what a true friend is. Those are the things that you learn when your soul is developing. And you can't expect to expect to prosper in a world where your soul is out of whack. In the book of Third John, the same man who wrote the book of the Revelation wrote in Third John, verse two, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. OK, and so. Um, let me get into it. So uh, I talked about the synchronizing submission and synchronizing your life with someone, someone so that a brother can begin to start the process of getting saved. There's one other component that I want to talk about, and then we're going to get into some statistics probably next week, some statistics about uh, mass incarceration and why black males look at themselves the way they do and all of that. But I want to talk about one other issue in this broadcast that, that stands in the way of some African-American males becoming all that God would have them to be. And it is, and some people may not like this, and I, it, I I care about your soul, but I don't care if you like it because I know it's truth and I can prove it. Some African males do not become what God would have them to be because they are lazy. I did not just say on my show that black people are lazy. Stop it. Don't start that mess. Don't start sending that mess out. Don't send that to me. What I said is some African-American males do not become what they need to become, do not 
take the steps to help themselves get saved because they are lazy. First of all, let me establish it from scripture. Hebrews chapter six and verse 12 starts off in that passage where it says, uh, be, uh, uh, be followers of them who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. It starts off by saying in Hebrews chapter six and verse 12, and, and I'm, 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 we'll put this up on the screen so you can see it. It says, be not slothful, slothful, however you want to pronounce it. That's just another word for being lazy, being a procrastinator. To be lazy or a procrastinator is, is not just an action. Watch this now. It's a condition. People who more often than not are procrastinators fear working to accomplish something. Some, some young men, you, you see, laziness is something that has to be taught out of us because work is uh, uh, uncomfortable. And your flesh is always looking for pleasure. You came here with a soul that wanted pleasure. In fact, the first thing that you have to teach out of a baby is to stop trying to cry to get their way to, so that everybody, when, when people don't give them what they want. I, I have a fantastic little grandson. He's going through the different stages of uh, his emotions and he's learning what no means now. And so when he gets his hand near a plug or he was at my house the other day and he put his he, he was about to bump near the edge of a uh, uh, entertainment center. I said, no, son, no. He instantly started crying. He's going through, as you know, if you have children or grandchildren, they go through the emotional stages. Uh, they have to develop like we had to develop. And so um, he he is responding with tears now when you tell him no. He doesn't like being told no. He does not like not having what he wants to have. Can I tell you something? I have to teach him. His mother's going to have to teach him on through this process of getting on past the notion of that life is not about everything you want. If he doesn't get past that stage, he will be lazy and start to just give up when he runs into a no. It's not that we're telling him he can't have anything. We're telling you can't have that. And we're only telling him that you can't have that right now. If a child, if a young man does not learn, no does not mean never. No means not that, not now. And, and, and that, so you need to go focus on what it is that you need to go be doing instead of what you're doing. If he, if he learns to just take no and be quit as a no and start crying when he gets a no, he's going to develop a spirit of laziness. And I need everybody to understand something today. Lazy people get nothing. Lazy people obtain nothing. Lazy people become users. Lazy people stay with their parents all their lives because they don't get motivated enough to go get education, get a job, and become viable. Lazy, shiftless people. And sometimes what's wrong with some 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 young men who are lazy and shiftless is that nobody taught them as a teenager that they were lazy and shiftless, and nobody trained them as a child not to be lazy and shiftless. Because if you are lazy and shiftless, you'll go from job to job. You won't value work. You won't value what chores are designed to do. Chores are not your parents more often than not trying to just be mean to you. They're trying to teach you the value of work. I always, when my kids did chores when they were growing up, I always attached their chores to allowance. Because I wanted them to understand if they did not work, they would not have any money. 
I'm not t- trying to train people into being workaholics. But what I am trying to teach you is that you need to have a work ethic. You need to compose. You know, God designed man to work. He said in the book of Genesis, by the sweat of your brow shall you break bread. And there are a lot of uh, uh, people who, who, who hate co- the notion of college because college takes work. They hate the notion of building a relationship because relationships take work. There are many brothers who hate the notion of of um, of, uh, of of keeping yourself healthy, going to the doctor because getting up, going to the doctor takes work. There, if you if you, anything that you do that amounts to anything requires that you get up off your bottom and decide that you're going to have to earn what you receive. Now, let me let me let me help you. Even when it comes to faith. Faith, the Bible says, without works is dead. Does that mean that I earn what I get from God? That's not what I'm saying. But the work of faith is to believe God. And sometimes God doesn't move as quickly as we want him to. And we and, and, and we have to work at being patient. Boy, that's good stuff right there. Sometimes we have to work at being patient. But whatever the case, you uh, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says, Be not slothful. Stop the notion of being lazy. Because I'm going to tell you something. A young child who sees a lazy father should grow up and be a lazy child. Should be a lazy man. Why? Because children should mimic what they see in parents. And if they see you never going to work, why should they think work matters? If they see you always down down in the boss at home, why should they respect the boss? If they hear you at home down in the pastor, why should they respect the pastor? If they see you calling off sick constantly, then why should they think they should go to school every day? They will mimic laziness if you live laziness in front of them. And I need to say this to some of our sisters who listen to me. God bless you. The world is fantastic because God has women in it. If there was no women in the world, I wouldn't want to be in the world. God has blessed my life with women. I had a great mother. But a lot of times, lazy boys come from doting mothers. He dropped something. You got to pick it up for him. He's always, you're always at school making excuses for him. You're always trying to get, well, well, you do your homework later or or don't worry about that. Well, that's too hard. I understand you're tired. Listen, help him be a man. Teaching him that life, there won't be a time that some work won't be required for his success. If you don't get him off your, off your lap before he's 18, He'll be living on your lap after 18. Teach him to be a man. Tell him, you you don't plan to stay here after high school. You're going to college. You're going to the military. But you're going out of here. My house was never designed for you to live in forever. Things happen. People go through situations. Sometimes they go through divorces. Sometimes they have sicknesses. And a child might have to come home. Something may happen. Uh, You never know. Unthinkable things happen. And my, like I've told my children, my wife and I have a house that's way too big just for two people. And so, and so they may they 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 may need to. And so I have I'm blessed to be able to come home. They may be able to come need to come home, but they're going to need to come home, not just to come home for the sake of, of being at home. Because good leadership is always training whoever is training to make you unnecessary. Great leadership, if it's really done well, renders itself unnecessary one day. If I'm really a good leader, you're not going to always need me. That's good stuff.
If you, if I'm really teaching you, Jesus did it the same way. He walked with his disciples for three years and left. Why? Because if he's really a good leader, they should be able to know what he taught them and do it without him standing over them. So, um, you can't be lazy. You can't be slothful. You can't be shiftless. You can't be a procrastinator. You can't become a person that feels that's so in touch with uh, trying to pursue pleasure and be so fleshly that you don't see the importance of getting up off yourself and having something for yourself. And I need I need everybody to understand something. Um, uh, if you're going, if you choose to be lazy, don't blame God for your failure, for the catastrophe that becomes your life. Any real, you know, we can blame the government only so much. You can blame racism only so much. You can try to blame the white man only so much. The truth of the matter is you can choose to have what you want to have. You got to learn to play the game. There's a stock market game. There's a work game. There's an education game. You got to get the, go get the skills to function within the place where you've been, you've been placed. You live in America and we're, America's not perfect. So you got to get up off your bottom and find out what it takes to live in America. Beyond what James Brown said, James Brown screamed, I live in America. Well, America's not all that, but it's where you live. So you've got to learn how to have success. It's no trickery. Educated people do better. It's no trickery. People who trust God have a better life. There's no trickery. Men who are married and have help to develop a life have a better and happier life. It's no trickery. People who stop gaming and stop clubbing. And I was I was looking at uh, uh, talking to some people the other day and was talking about some people who are, you know, 55 and 56 and 50, 70 and, 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 and still going to clubs. What's in the club at, at 55 and 56 and 57 and, 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 and 60 and 65 years old? I ain't mad at nobody, but I'm just asking what you're looking for. How about seeking to establish a life? where you can build something with somebody and look back over a well-spent life and see what two people have worked together to accomplish. Most of the people that I know uh, are looking for someone that they can work with and develop. But if you're a lazy person, you're looking for someone you can use and siphon from. True manhood starts with getting up off your bottom, standing on your two feet, lead, letting God lead you into the life God has designed for you. So it was just important for me to establish the fact that part of our African-American male struggle today is that, that uh, not just the submission and synchronization, but the slowfulness, uh, the, the note, a lot, there are a lot of athletes I know that, that had the talent, man, I can name some guys that had the talent to become just superstars, world-class athletes, but they were lazy. They didn't like practice. They had the Allen Iverson syndrome practice. You talking about practice? You mean like working when I'm not getting, the crowd is not around? Yeah, I'm talking about practice. I know a lot of brothers that had great talent. They loved the game, but they didn't like the work, which was in practice. And, and if you have a lazy practice mindset, you probably have a lazy thinking mindset. Most people I've discovered are not stupid. Many of our African-American males are brilliant young fellows, but they're lazy in their thinking. They do, they, they think about the moment. What can they get for now? How can I get the bling to make me look good now instead of an investment that'll have me taken care of later? That's lazy thinking. 
There are a lot of young brothers who think about getting the sister is fine because she got a big bottom or big breast, and that's for now. But what about the one uh, that you can build a 401k with and, 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 and develop a home and develop a family and have some investments where you can go on cruises when you want to? Don't be a lazy thinker. You can be lazy in your disposition, but you can also be lazy in your disp- in, in, in your thinking. Also, uh, some people are lazy uh, uh, about their past. They know that past struggles and pains dictate their current behavior, but you're too lazy to get up and get yourself healed from the pain of yesterday. And it's just trifling. It's trifling when you know that you are struggling from the relationship you had with your father. It's, it's just trifling when you know that you haven't paid all the child support that you need to pay and you got that hanging out there and you wonder why your kids don't want to talk to you. That's just lazy. Pastor, you're being kind of rough. I'm not being rough, but the Bible says that iron sharpens iron. And part of what's wrong with many of our African-American males that they need to be saved physically and spiritually and socially is because nobody's talking to them strong. From one black brother that's trying to be strong to another. Listen, lift yourself up. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps and decide you can be something more than just what they said about you. You can outlive a divorce. You can't. Don't just wallow in the pain of what you've done. Don't just wallow always talking about what somebody's done to you. Get up and do something about it and be something better. If this, I've been knocked down several times in my life. Some of us because of the decisions that I made and other times I got knocked down because folk teamed up to try to knock me down. But can I tell you something? Greater is, is he who is in me than he who's in the world. And I'm a living witness. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment shall the Lord destroy. You got to quit blaming everybody else and being lazy about your past and lazy about your pain and decide that you want something more in life so much so you're going to decide to go get it. I am not some super special guy. What I am is somebody who trusts God. I trust God. I don't have a PhD. I don't have two doctorate degrees because I was the smartest kid in school. I trust God. I don't have a good wife. I don't have great kids. I don't, I don't have, uh, the, the credit things I talked about because I'm better than everybody else. I got them because I trust God. Why am I telling you that? Anything that God, because God is no respecter of persons. If you trust him, he'll do the same. But some black man has got to tell you it can happen for you too. If you want it. That's going to end our show today. I'm going to pick up with some heavy statistics next week. I'm going to start having some guests on to talk about what we can do about our black men. I want to tell you something. You're making moves right now. You made a move to watch this show. Hit the share button. Put some comments in. Be a, be man enough. Even if you didn't like the show, be man enough to say something about it. But at least we're having the conversation. You're always making moves that matter. Why don't you make yours some serious moves that matter today? I'm your host, Dr. Clyde Posner. I'll see you next week. God bless your heart.